0: Welcome along to the Loftcast. I'm Paul Morrissey from the club's media team and I'm joined today by club ambassador Andy Sinton and my media colleague Matt Webb. It was back to winning ways for the R's on Saturday with a hugely impressive 2-1 triumph against Middlesbrough at Loftus Road. We'll be dissecting that game as well as casting our eye towards this weekend's trip to Nottingham Forest for what will be attempt number 35. If you know, you know. If you don't, then keep listening. On top of that, with this has been the final podcast of 2018. We'll be picking out our highlights from the calendar year. Thanks for joining us on the Loftcast. Okay, well, since Webby, thanks very much for joining us this afternoon. And it's always nice to be doing a, a podcast on the back of a, another triumph. And there have been a few of them this season, so it has been nice. And this one was uh, particularly enjoyable with the nature of the opposition the recent run of results it was important that we got back on track if you like after the defeat to Hull and the defeat to Leeds it was it was important that we ended that mini bad run wasn't it i mean at, at Leeds we felt a little bit hard done by didn't we but uh, it was a disappointing performance and result against Hull so to to win was great and to win against a caliber of opposition like Middlesbrough made it extra
1: enjoyable yeah, it was a terrific, uh, terrific, ter- ter- terrific win. Get my get my words out. Uh, terrific win, you know, given the the recent sort of four-game spell. Um, you know, we did feel a hard done by up at Leeds, but you know, you had to put that behind you. Steve said before the game, we need to go toe to toe with Middlesbrough. You know, an excellent side, full of quality, spent a hell of a lot of money, and I thought Saturday we were from the get-go, you know, I thought we were excellent, our approach was brilliant, helped with the early goal, but a uh, no, fantastic win, really good performance. Um, what pleased you most about the
0: the win, the performance? What what was the uh, most pleasing aspect of it?
1: Please, Obviously it helped swing an early goal, you know, but uh, the start, um, you know, we're on the front foot, middle of the park, we won pretty much every tackle, second ball, the energy we showed, the determination, the, you know, the desire uh, to... To play, to play on the front foot, to you know, to stop a good Middlesbrough side, you know, I thought it was, I thought it was excellent. I was up on the commentary, but it was a game I really enjoyed watching. But I really enjoyed us. And Webby, we right from the start, we flew out of the blocks and we
0: pinned them back. And I think it always seems particularly a case at Loftus Road, give us that. Early start from supporters' point of view give us that early high tempo, and it really seems to set the tone for the supporters as well as for the players on the pitch.
2: Yeah, I think, since pointed to it, I think the early goal does help with momentum. But you look at the first half in general; Middlesbrough didn't really, didn't really lay a glove on us, did they? Uh, I think it was only straight after half time when they, when they responded as they did. But if you look at the first half in total, Middlesbrough didn't really. Didn't really, a glove and that was that was particularly
0: pleasing. And Pavel Shovik getting the opener after three or four minutes. I mean, he's he's settling in well, and I think he's there's a consistency, isn't there, in terms of not only his selection but the job he's
1: been asked to do. Yeah, since Pav's coming at the side, he's been uh, he's been really really good. I thought, like a lot of the players on Saturday, he was excellent. You know what you get from Pav, um, you get unbelievable work rate. You know, with and without the ball. What he's start, uh, starting to add is, you know, he's what's that? His fifth goal. Mm. Um, you know, uh, his end product for me is developing and getting better, and that probably comes from work on the training ground. But uh, now I'm delighted for him because at the start of the season, you know, he was out of favour, didn't play too much at the end of last season, so he's had to bide his time. He's got a terrific attitude. You know, still coming to terms with living in a a foreign country, the language sort of stuff. You know, so he deserves every every credit and. Um, you know, delighted for him, and I think there's still more to come from him.
0: If only there was an experienced, successful winger in the
1: building that he could speak to for guidance. <laughs> Have you ever had any conversa- conversations with Pav? Not so much on his on his sort of wing play, but I, I, I see him from time to time, and I'll, I'll say "well done" when "well done" needs to be said to him. Probably comes from various other voices, bigger than mine, sort of thing, you know. But I just think it's important. But uh, but yeah, maybe over a. A coffee and in, in the future you know um i watch him on the training ground from time to time and i see his he's, he's, he's decision making for me he's a polish international you know so people might say well he's an international he should have that you still keep learning you still keep progressing you still keep developing and for me his decision making went across how to cross uh is getting better and better and for me you know if you look at his Last couple of goals, the one against Aston Villa, he comes off the line mm. through the centre makes a, uh, and he scores on Saturday, right between the posts from across coming from the left wing. As as a wide man myself, I think that's really key that you you come off your shape when the ball's at the opposite side. Managers used to say to me, you know, if you, you get in between the posts from across from the opposite flank, if it goes over your head, you can't do anything about that, but you get in between the posts, it gives you a chance of scoring. And, you know, four yards, five yards out the other day, they're sometimes the hardest. But he's timed the he's run. Uh, he gets on the end of it. Goalkeeper gets a hand to it, but doesn't keep it out. So he, you know, he deserves a lot, a lot of credit. And he's, he's doing really, really well.
0: Yeah, he is doing really well. Just hang on to the microphone there for a moment since. Um, he's scored uh, five goals this season. He's the equal highest scorer in all competitions, along with Luke Freeman and Naki Wells. It's his uh, best return to date since coming to QPR. And we're only into December, so he, he is having an excellent season in terms of his goal return. Um, if you were to share that coffee with Pav, what would be at the top of your agenda in terms of these are things that are working well, if you were to tweak anything, if I was to suggest something to you, what would it be?
1: I sometimes, when I watch him, sometimes I like him to be, and this is not a criticism, I like him to be a little bit more positive sometimes. You know, he's quick, he, you know he can go past people. As I said to you, he, he's getting these goals. He's he's getting these assists. So that that shows you there's improvement. And uh, just sometimes I say, sometimes when he crosses, you know, the conviction in the cross. You know, make your mind up and and do it. Sometimes a little bit half harder. That's not a criticism. That's I think that's the next stage of his development. Um, so over a coffee, I would probably just say to you I know, come on, Pav, you're a really good player, you know, you can do really, really well at this level. You're doing well, but I think you can actually do better. Start believing in yourself a little bit more. Okay,
0: great stuff. Um, It was a very comfortable first off, like you said, Webby. Um, And then at the start of the second half, the, the injury to Joel Lynch was obviously unsettling and we had to regroup. But while Joel was off the pitch and before we were able to get Josh going on, we were down to 10 men and during that period we conceded the equaliser I think it's probably no coincidence that at the time when we lost our centre-back we, we didn't clear our lines as well as we would have liked and, and they took full advantage didn't they?
2: Yeah it's, um, Darnell didn't quite clear his lines um, as well as he would have done but um, that's pretty much all he did wrong Darnell because we have to say he was absolutely fantastic um, all game really and when he went into centre-back it's interesting because Darnell's played a lot of his youth career at centre-back and uh, you, you know Fans of just watched the first team, we'll see that he's predominantly a right-back. But he came in at centre-back and he looked like a real natural there. And it's an interesting one, actually, because we're um, we're travelling to Nottingham Forest on Saturday. And what will, what will the manager do? But it, it, he certainly showed that he's comfortable with going in there and, and playing at centre-back.
0: Yeah, he, he did do very well, didn't he? And I know since you often talk about the importance of having um, an honest group where you can tell people when they're not doing things correctly... And poor Darnell Furlong, it was the only mistake he made in 90 minutes. It's his first start all season, having been out for so long with injury. He played three minutes of football before that. He was excellent up until that moment and was brilliant after that moment. But that one error, and if you look at the replays, the rollicking he gets from his teammates for making that mistake. And you can tell by Darnell's reaction, he almost doesn't need telling. But I suppose that goes down to the honesty of the group there, that it's like if you make mistakes, you will be held accountable.
1: Yeah, that's the way it should be as well. You know, whether you're 18 or you're 36, like Angel Rangel, you know, it doesn't matter. But, uh, you know, I think on the goal, looking at I just think he got in two minds, you know. hammer going to clear it? And he mm. ended up doing nothing. Still a hell of a finish by George Savile. But yeah, there was uh, some rollicking dished out. But I picked up and I thought it was really, really good. Tony Leichner, your captain, went alongside him and gave him a little tap and said, mm. I don't know what he said, but I can imagine it's okay, it's happened. Get your head back on it. We've still got a job to do. And as I say, from that minute, him and the rest of the team um, were really, really good. So, uh, yeah, yeah, defenders, you're going to make mistakes. It's how you react to them. And uh, as I say, he seemed to, and that that requires a mental strength as well. So, uh, fair play to him. Yeah, he made a mistake. He'll know that. He didn't need people to tell him, but they did. But he got on with it and saw the job through. And how well did he react? Because he was then
0: in at centre-back alongside Leisner and Middlesbrough, a very physical side and particularly in the latter stages, they were really bombarding the the box. I mean, Joe Lumley didn't have a save to
1: make, to be fair, so they were well protected, but how well did Darnell Furlong do that? As I say, he did excellent. I thought he did did well as a right-back, but you know, other than that mistake that we've just spoke about, he slotted in as a centre-back. There is opinion that possibly that might become his best position. What I see with Darnell when he goes in the centre-back, he's fantastic in the air. What is he? 5'10", five, 5'11". Five, mm. So he's not the biggest. He's got hang time, but, hasn't he? But he hangs and he leaps and he times his... Uh, so that's a, uh, that's a real strength. The pace he can offer through the middle of the defence is exceptional as well. So time will tell. Yeah, we see him as a full-back in a minute, but he might develop further down the line. That might become, and who might I say, but from what I see, that might become his favoured position. And Webby, from a
0: supporter's point of view, I think when Middlesbrough equalised then there was that spell where we were having to just ride the storm, if you like, while we were getting Josh going on the pitch and obviously Jordan Cousins is now moving to right back and Darnell's moving into centre back and Josh is going into centre midfield. Well, all that's going on. Middlesbrough have got the ascendancy, as you'd expect. And we had to really ride the storm then. And I think probably as a fan, you're looking and thinking, hmm, you know, we we might do well to hang on for a point here the way the game has suddenly turned in Middlesbrough's favour
2: yeah and um you'll come on to the goal but just uh how great is it to have someone like Naki Wells who mm-hmm. can who can come up with with a goal like that some some finish with his weaker left foot as well wasn't it and uh yeah if he, if he has got a weaker foot um yeah it was it was it was some finish and, and that was so important really because like you said Middlesbrough scored 51 minutes and you play a team like Middlesbrough in the top six, going for promotion, physical. But someone like Na- having Naki Wells, I mean, his all-round play is excellent. He was, he, you know, he's always he's always involved. He holds the ball up so well. Um, but yeah, th- that kind of out and that goal threat he offers is it, brilliant. And uh, yeah, that, that was pivotal really because it really did swing the game back in our favour.
0: It did. It was a, an excellent goal, assisted by Pavel Shoek, who who did have an excellent game again. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you what I thought was interesting about Naki's goal. We were talking earlier about Darnell getting a bit of a rollicking for a mistake he made in the first half. We were, I think we we're 1 0 up at the time, and Luke Freeman has run off Wells, and you're already nodding at me. And Wells has decided to come back and had a go with his right foot. It's gone just wide. Freeman has told Naki, I'm very disappointed by your decision making. <laughs> and Naki has told Luke Freeman, Well, I felt I was justified in having a shot. I don't think they were exact words, but obviously they were both having a bit of a row. Naki scores what proves to be the winner and Luke Freeman is one of the first players over, and you can tell it was just in the moment. If you, if I disagree with you, it's coming. I know we talk about it a lot, but you don't always see it. It's such so honest, and then it's clearly just forgotten about. And like I say, you see the, the row that Freeman and Wells are having, you think they're going to have a punch-up, and then later on in the game, they're giving each other piggybacks.
1: I think that's healthy. I think there was two instances in the first half where uh, Luke was, let's say, not very pleased with Naki. <laughs> but you know... Um, I don't think that type of thing happens enough in the, in the, in the modern game. I think uh, too often, sometimes players will leave it to managers and coaches to to sort things out. You know, you can go some way to sorting things out on the pitch, and what's said to you on the pitch, it's not a personal thing. Yeah, yeah. But you've not- got to have the relationship as teammates of to course. be able to be as honest. And that's where the team spirit and the togetherness and the camaraderie that all comes into it. And that's been. That's been built over a couple of seasons and it's probably at its strongest now, I would say, from what I hear and what I see. There's a real togetherness, there's a real spirit, there's a real playing for the shirt, there's a real playing for each other. Uh, And if someone needs telling on the pitch, I've got no problem with that. It's not personal, it's for the better of the team. We're all trying to get a win and a result that takes us up the table. And if that helps, great. And as I say, Luke had a couple of words in the first half a couple of times, but that's put to bed. And as I say, Naki finishes his goal Luke's one of the first to celebrate. Just going on Naki, uh, what Webby was saying. You know, Naki is since he came to the club and his first game against Wigan. I think he's been outstanding. Now I was reading and hearing and being told a couple of things earlier in the season. Well, he's a striker, but he ain't scored for eight games. Naki Wells was always going to score goals. Naki mm. Wells is a proven goal scorer at this level. But ally to what he brings with his goal scoring, five and nine, which is great. But, you know, what he offers the team, his work rate is phenomenal. He defends from the front. He chases lost causes. His movement and his link of play, I think, is very, very good. Start putting goals to that. You've got a top striker.
0: We had 48% possession, which is actually quite high for for QPR with our style of play. But the more interesting stat, from that 48% possession, we had 11 shots at goal. Middlesbrough had three shots at goal. It shows how... How well we use the ball when we have it and how controlled we are when we don't.
1: Possessions well, possessions, possession. That's what you do with it, you know. Mm. So if we had forty eight, slightly less, you know, but I thought we on the day always looked the most threatening, the more yeah. creative. Middlesbrough, to be fair, bearing in mind the quality they've got on the side, the money that they've spent, you know, who they've got to bring off the bench. I thought they sort of ran out of ideas a little bit towards the end, almost to the point where they were just pumping balls forward which fell into the hands of uh tony leishner donald furlong to the degree um you know so credit to the credit to the players credit to the staff for recognizing the situation you know interestingly steve made a, dis- uh, a sub the other day Matty smith almost played as an auxiliary center back for the last five minutes of the game <laughs> and that, that's game management yeah. it's very easy to play where he's a center forward he should be playing a front you know what if you've got a six foot five guy that's useful in the in your box as well as your position Go and use them to see out the game and get that victory, because that was a huge victory, a great three mm. points.
0: Um, we've mentioned the performance of Darnell Furlong, also the performance of Jordan Cousins, definitely worth a mention, because Jeff Cameron has been excellent since joining us on Stoke. He's out now for a few weeks, it would seem. Uh, we're waiting for the result on that once the swelling goes down on his ankle following the injury sustained up at Leeds. And it was regarded, and rightly so, as that's a big loss. He's a big character, a big player, important to how we play. Jordan Cousins came in, and the biggest compliment you can pay to Jordan Cousins is that, with no disrespect to Jeff Cameron, he wasn't missed in that game because Cousins came in and he did ever so well.
1: Yeah, I was interested before the game. We knew Jeff was going to be out, um, you know, how long we've, we've got an idea, but, you know, and when everyone was saying that's going to be a big loss, and it will be a big loss, but I was interested, you know, Friday, Saturday, who's Steve going to go with? You know, there's a couple of permutations he could have gone with, but he's gone with Jordan Cousins, and I felt Jordan Cousins... Um, Arguably had one of his best game for QPR. Mm. And I think there was a reason behind that. He's gone into the middle of the park and he's probably his job role has been really simplified. Yeah. That's what you're in the side for. Go and do it. And I thought he, you know, the mate of second ballsy one, headers he won, head he put his foot in. Jordan, by any stretch of the imagination, is probably not gonna go in there and ping it across all round the park. You know he'll probably admit that but you simplify his role like I'm sure that's what happened on Saturday you'll get a performance out that kid and I like many probably still waiting for him to really kick-start his QPR career but that performance Saturday should go some way towards making him feel what a good player he is
0: yeah and he helped set the tone as well didn't he because in the first five minutes he won a couple of loose balls, he he won possession high up the field, he got us moving up the field and he, he helped set the tone and you could again, like we alluded to earlier, it helped lift the fans, didn't it? That the way he, he set that tempo and that approach.
2: Yeah, I think since twenty two, um, you know, it simplified role and I think I, I actually agree with Since I think it was one of one of Cousins's best games for us. And I think you, he's come he's obviously come in from Charlton, he's had his problems of injury and you're looking at Jordan. You're thinking, "Well, what's his best position?" But I think you saw, you saw on Saturday a player both in centre midfield and at right back, a, a player with a, a clearly defined role, and I think that, that that massively helps in terms of Jordan's performance. And uh, yeah, we're we'll hoping to kick on now. Okay, right. Let's now look back on
0: the calendar year of 2018. So we're going to discuss our game of 2018, our goal of 2018, and our highlight of. 2018 now we haven't gone for anything more specific than that in terms of what we're asking for so it depends on how each of us has uh, defined um, what the defining criteria are for those uh, three elements we haven't discussed them in advance either so we don't know what each other's going to say whether we're all in agreement or all completely contrasting let's start then with the game of 2018 um, since i'll come to you th- you first obviously so the second half of last season and the first half of this season. What have you opted for?
1: Game of last season. I've gone from a couple from. I mean, game of 2018. Uh, game of 2018. I've gone from a couple from last season and a couple of this season. Uh, looking back, uh, going back to April, Sheffield Wednesday at home. You know, we blitzed them that the goals, 14 minutes. Mm. And it was on a night where. Uh, I know it was quite personal to me, but I was really proud of our football club because we. We celebrated and remembered Ray Wilkins, mm. but that first 14 minutes was outstanding. Villa away, three one, for me was probably our best all round team performance given the opposition, you know, where you're playing, etc. etc. This season, I really enjoyed the derby game, even though it was one one. Yeah, we didn't win, but you know, one one, I thought was an excellent game. Two mm. teams really. Going hammer and tong at yeah, each other. Yeah,
0: someone said it was like two boxers in the yeah. 12th rounds. Yeah, yeah it. No <laughs> yeah, no, that was a.
1: If I was a neutral, I would have gone away and say, you know what? Give me this championship every mm. every every three four days. You know, it was a fantastic game against a really good side. But if you're asking me to pick one, I'd probably go. Probably no surprise here. And beating our local rivals Brentford for the first time in a while. It, again, it was a game that had everything. We had to come from behind. We weren't at our best in the first half. Goal behind. But, you know, blitz them for 10, 12 minutes in the the second half. Then had to really dig deep and show resilience and show character towards the end. Put your bodies on the line to get you over the line. And, uh, you know, to beat your local rivals, that's one for the fans. So uh, I would go for that one.
0: Yeah, very good choice. Uh, Webby, what have you opted for?
2: Yeah, I mean, you you look at it and um, it's not my pick, but... You actually look at Saturday's performance against Middlesbrough, mm. in terms of an all-round performance... I know. I mean, you don't th- just th- want to pick the last game, do you? Interestingly,
0: I thought that one and thought, I can't pick that because it's the last game we played. It's ridiculous. But had it been a few months ago, it probably would have been up there.
2: Yeah, I, I, and I look at, I'm looking at other games. I mean, um, since Wentz-Sheffield Wednesday, yeah, the, the, the blitz start. I mean, mm. the way we started the game, um, brilliant. Um, Norwich at home last season yeah. uh, um, scored another four goals. Um, I think uh, James Madison stood out for them, but apart from that, I think we, we dominated and uh, it was a great win. And yeah, um, I look at uh, the other two, I've well, picked out four really, being greedy, I guess, but uh, I look at the uh, two wins over Villa, the one from last season, I, I think if you're going to look at a complete all-round performance, I think that is my pick mm. as, as the best one. And obviously the, the home win over Villa earlier this season, uh, just in terms of the def- First time we'd really beaten um, a top team this season, and it was uh, it was a great win. We we really did have to earn it in terms of uh, having to um, having to surrender a lot of possession and defend him. But yeah, it was a great win.
0: Leaving Loftus Road like three, with three points, like yeah. always. Is that
2: your pick then? My pick is uh, no. My pick is Villa away last season.
0: Villa away last season. Okay. Interestingly, the the couple that I had shortlisted were the um, Sheffield Wednesday one for the three goals. That, it was incredible. It was amazing. Um, and the Aston Villa away because of the manner of the performance. And I felt that was a real indicator of the potential of the squad that was growing within the, the QPR dressing room. But the one I opted for was 10th of November 2018, QPR 3, Brentford 2. And I think a lot of it was the fact that um, we, got the, we got the second goal and then got the third. So soon after it, the mm. roar when Naki Wells goal went in it was like we're going to win this game now whereas at 2-1 there's still that was a long way to go and it while you didn't want to con- concede it actually made the win more enjoyable that there was only a goal in it because because it it kept the nerves jangling right up until the final whistle so to beat Brentford and what was it our fifth attempt um, after a, a poor run of results against the local rivals yeah that was a that was extra special. And in recent years, you know, that, that is the game where we have come up short. So with the growing p- potential, it seems, of the QPR squad, that was a, a real indicator of uh, of just how far we have come as a team. OK, um, the next one is goal of 2018. Webby, will come to to you first. A, a few contenders. And uh, like, we, like we were saying, that it depends how you define it, the best goal of 2018, whether it's the goal itself... Um, Standalone, or whether it's related to the the nature of the goal in the game, depending on how the game is going. How have you viewed it, and what have you gone for?
2: Yeah, I mean, um, it's funny you mentioned uh, Naki's against Brentford because I've I've jotted down three here, and if you if you're looking in terms of noise and the kind of atmosphere generated by one goal, I think that's the loudest I've probably heard Loftus Road when that third went and obviously it was a, it was uh, it was another goal in quick succession, like going scoring the second and third goals. Um, the other two I've noted, obviously, if, if a goal wins goal of the season, then it probably should be in there. Josh going against Barnsley, mm. um, some strike from here. I looked at that one,
0: and what did make me giggle was that if you look at it, the height, the match action cuts to Matt Smith because he's berating the referee for not getting a, a foul in the box. Something's never changed, and then Josh obviously scores that well.
2: My favourite, though, is um, Pavel Schoek against Fulham. Um, just in terms of what it meant, and it was such a great second half performance from us, mm. and getting that goal, and how much of a great run Fulham had been on, and just the the emotion when the goal was scored, it was it was a particularly a, a particular highlight of mine of uh, 2018.
0: Yeah, very good choice, very good choice. And since, what have you opted for?
1: Uh, I've shortlisted three. Um, <laughs> I've grouped Webby on one of them. I think Josh Schoen's 2500 yard strike against Barnsley. Now his first goal for the club against his old, against his old club, I think was um, a real cracking goal. This one wouldn't win goal of the season, but in terms of what it did for the team and the club, I think was hugely important. Thomas v Wigan mm. earlier in the season. You know, we yeah. just come off the back of hate to mention it again, but you know, four defeats. You know, the week previous, seven-one at West Brom, 3 0 at home on on the on the Tuesday night against Bristol City place was you know doom and gloom was all around we could feel it we could sense it we could hear it you know so for Tomater to, to get that goal having just been brought to the club I think give every give everyone a lift and that 1-0 victory was a was a catalyst for us to be able to lay down a foundation and push on but my goal of 2018 cast your mind back to New Year's Day 2018 a young Paul Smith makes his debut other than what we've read and what we've heard from people at the training ground, no one really knows what he's all about. No one really knows what he can offer. Ollie throws him in against Cardiff. Neil Warnock, team going really, really well. Paul Smith comes in. He puts in a, pan, a fantastic performance, but finishes that performance with a great goal. You know, I know how hard it is for youngsters to make a breakthrough and get in the first team, but for him to come in like he did on that day, score that goal in the manner he did, you know, his celebration, his somersault. I was on commentary, certainly got me really, really excited. So if I'm plucking a goal of 2018, young Paul Smith gets my vote.
0: OK, I had uh, Josh going v Barnsley, I've crossed it out, and I've written 1st of the 1st, 2018, Paul Smith v Cardiff. I opted for exactly the same for exactly the same reasons, plus the manner of the opposition as well. 1-1 um, against Cardiff, who were flying high, set to be promoted. Paul Smith comes on, it's the the direction the club is going in, bringing in these The younger players that are, you know, almost no disrespect to Linfield, but to a degree plucked from obscurity. Suddenly he's thrown in at the championship, scores an excellent goal and uh, pulls out a flip that no one was anticipating at the end as well. And then we hang on for the victory. And again, it was one of those where the atmosphere is special against rivals such as Cardiff. And the the level of the opposition, it it did make it... um, uh, extra, extra enjoyable. I mean, we're gonna have to uh, have to <laughs> just read off the same script at the minute, Mr. Simpson. Okay, into the highlight of 2018. Um, what are you going for, Mr. Webb?
2: Uh, yeah, three again. Um, that I've jotted down. Um, firstly, the win over Birmingham towards the end of last season. Um, average age of the team: 23 years, 16 days old. Um, I think Ilias Chair, Birey Ezi uh, Ozzy Kake, um Bright S.A. Samuel uh, Remote Paul Smith um, just so many youngsters in the team and I think you know it's, it, it, it's not saying that we were going to play a, a side of that age every week but it was kind of a realisation that you know what we're doing here in terms of bringing younger players through and, and progressing them into the first team was, was starting to kind of bear fruit and um yeah so that that was uh, that was a good uh, that was a good win too wasn't it against Birmingham. Um three free three one. one from memory, yeah, so a good one. Um you touched on um in your goal um Thomas I just thought the the reaction to that, you could see what it meant to everyone, uh, the likes of Joe Lumley, mm. uh, celebration, just the, the pure re- relief, um the platform that gave us um to, to kick on and, and do well this season. Um, That was a particular highlight of mine. And I I know, um, just finally, uh, it's not a highlight, obviously, the the death of Ray Wilkins, but I just have to uh, just uh, kind of touch on Sheffield Wednesday because uh, I know we like to remember our own and kind of what we're trying to do with um, former players. Um, We're trying to, you know, bring them into the club more and more. But I just thought, um, I know you're a colleague of mine since and now, and uh, I just thought the way you... Conducted yourself and um, you did a speech at half time for Ray, and I just thought it was uh, I think you should just take great pride from that
0: yeah uh, well said well said webby, yeah, absolutely it was um <laughs> in captured the moment perfectly if that is is the right word in at half time it was obviously a very emotional situation for the the whole football club and football at large, but for you personally, not not only a, a former teammate but I know it was a, a very close friend of yours as well, so to deal with all those emotions that must have been swirling around on the day and having his having his family stood 20 feet away from you and a, a hushed huge crowd listening to every word you said i can't imagine how difficult that must have been but
1: yeah i completely agree with uh webby a very special moment well that's uh that's very kind of you yeah both for saying that you know and i, I feel myself getting a little bit choked up just thinking about ray as a as a player as a man as a as a coach as a manager and what he meant to so many people so uh, I say I don't take any personal pride from that that was done from the heart but I think that shows what the club's all about now maybe not what it was about 5 6 years ago but you know that togetherness and one of my highlights of of 2018 has been that togetherness as a football club right through the club including the fans that connection back with the fans, that pride and playing for Queens Park Rangers and pulling on the shirt, that all comes in. I'm so I'm you know I'm very fortunate in the position I have, and I see a close hand. But you know I, I speak to fans, and and that's what they want, and uh, that's what they're getting there. That uh, you know pride to represent the club through good, bad, and indifferent. You know away from that, my high another one of my highlights, probably the highlight from on the football field has probably been the emergence. Webby touched on it. He listed seven or eight players, but my, you know, the my highlight's been the emergence of, of the youngsters coming through the football club because that's been a long road. It's we we've, we've had to be patient, but there is a, a production line starting to develop. Now, listen, they're not all going to play together. I'm not going to play every week, but I think what has shown over the last year is they can come in and do themselves justice. But I'll probably out of that group, I'll probably single out two. The emergence of Roberto for me has been phenomenal you know he's a he's a really top young man who's had a little bit of rejection in his life but has fought back against that and it's a great lesson for some youngsters who if it doesn't quite work at one club saying you know what i'm not going to lie down and take that i'm going to go and do something about it and he's getting his rewards joe lumley's another you know went out on the loan did it the hard way he's gone and played some games that benefit him. came back had to bide his time but he's coming to the season four or five games in he's done exceptionally well, and I think those two in particular sort of sing the sing the song for the youngsters throughout the football club. this is what you can do this is what you can achieve so uh, that's probably my highlight on the football field the emergence of the youngsters
0: great stuff um yeah I think it's it's very difficult to to top that in terms of on the pitch if you like the 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 way the youngsters have come through and also the dare I say it it's a a risky risky word but that sort of sense that feel good sense even I I can't remember a time like it where we lose a game like we lost to Hull a team that aren't doing particularly well this season at Loftus Road a game that many hoped thought expected us to win we don't play well and we lose and on social media you think it could take a bit of a you know (laughs) <laughs> a bit of a ticking off here from the supporters, but the large, large proportion of supporters who reacted to the result—it's a case of disappointing, but we'll go again. Never mind, lads. There's, there is that real, genuine, genuine feeling of togetherness that it, you know you can really sense it. And um, and again, it was evident at Leeds as well. I mean, it's it's easy to to see it and talk about it when you win a game, and it is a, obviously that natural feel-good factor. But when we lost to Leeds at Ellen Road and at the end the players get a standing ovation from the travelling QPR fans, it is, it is great to see. But I would have to say that my um, my highlight of 2018 would be the month of October. Four wins and a draw, won two away games. We only managed three in the, the previous season. So to win two, it, it, they were back-to-back, was, was extra special and again we conceded one goal in those five games and it, it really sort of highlighted how much we had come on from that opening month where we played four, lost four, suddenly we've played five, won four and a draw, uh, conceded one in five, it moved us right up the table and it really sort of turned our season from one where we were looking over our shoulder to hopefully one where we're,
1: we're looking upwards. Yeah, Brilliant, I'd, I'd echo everything that everyone said there, but as I say, just going back, you know, you, you, you mentioned against Hull, even though we lost, I think that's credit to to Steve and his staff and the players and what's happening behind the scenes at the club. You know, I really like the idea that the players almost do a, a lap of honour after every game, you know, and thank the fans. Fans pay really hard, earn money, time consuming, travelling up and down the country. And let's face it, let's not beat around the bush. Over the last three, four years, they've had some not, um, well, they've had some poor days to contend with. Yeah. I think we 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 have to say that. So, as you said, and I said, and Webby has um, said as well, it's that connection, that togetherness that this club, Queen's Park Rangers, is a great club, it's a proud club, it's a special club. That connection, that togetherness, we are slowly starting to get back.
0: Okay, so let's wrap up the final podcast of 2018 by previewing. Nottingham Forest away. Webby, Nottingham Forest away, what thoughts enter your
2: head? Um, That we never win. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's
0: what we want, that um, confidence.
2: I think me and you have covered a number of games there together, Moz, haven't we, where it's not gone so well. I remember uh, remember when uh, Mick Harford was in caretaker charge and um, it was just me and you covering the game from a media point of view and We got beat, uh, was it 5-0? 5-0, yeah. Yeah. And we gave um, a video camera to Gareth
0: Ainsworth before it and said, cover the trip up there because if this year's the year, it'd be great to have all this behind-the-scenes stuff. So he was typically great. He took the video camera everywhere during the evening, just in the hotel, and in the morning, the pre-match preparation. On their pre-match walk, he took it. He was doing interviews with the players we got slapped 5-0, and as Gareth Ainsworth is walking down the tunnel, he turned to me and said, you won't be using any of that footage, will you? So uh, that was another one that never got to that ended on the, the editing floor. But yeah, it has been a, a difficult place for us to go, hasn't it, Webby?
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I look at um, a number of the games um, that I've been to there. I mean, I can't... I think we drew 0-0 in the War, uh, Walnut promotion season, ten-eleven. 11 um, But apart from that, I don't really... I think it's because um, not an apathy around it, but it's just the, the fact that we've uh, not actually ever threatened. Like you know, we've been not actually been like two or three up there, and like, from in <laughs> it's recent never, times, well, It's anyway. never even been close. No, it's not even been close. <laughs> so I think that's why. But um, yeah, as Jake, Bidwell, I spoke to Jake Bidwell after the game on uh, Saturday, and he said the records are there to be broken. So thirty-fifth time lucky.
0: Yeah, fingers crossed. We've had twenty defeats, fourteen draws, and. Andy Sint, and as I come to you, I mean, me and Webby cannot hold ourselves personally responsible. <laughs> However, I did have a quick check. How many? And I, I did see that we played them four times while you were at the club, and we didn't win any of those. Um, I actually think we drew three and lost yeah, one. Yeah, I was going to say we had a couple no, of draws. Not yet. the worst spell, but you know, yeah, you are partly responsible. Thanks for the statistic most. we <laughs> talk about.
1: Appreciate that. <laughs>
0: uh, what are your thoughts then, looking ahead to Saturday, uh, Sint? Does it I mean, it it plays on the mind as as much as people are all talking about it. Steve McLaren was reminded of it post-match after beating Middlesbrough. He said, I don't need to be hearing that statistic. Um, But from a player's point of view, really, it shouldn't matter at all. It's completely different players. It's different managers. It's different styles. It's different systems. So does it matter?
1: Well, it matters because it's a stand. Everyone's talking about it, including us, and it's a horrendous stand and it needs to be put to bed uh, very quickly starting Saturday. But um, players, listen, I've been part of that, but you, you come up with these runs at various clubs. You always have a team that you struggle to get across the line or beat or, or play well against, you know, but what Saturday does, it gives, it gives the players, gives Steve an opportunity to be the ones or the one to break this sort of hoodoo, you know, and... Uh, it's going to be a. It's going to be a tough game. You know they've only lost one in nine. Yeah, defensively, quite tight. I think they've kept ten clean sheets all season, five in the last seven games. On the flip side of that, they had a, a, a fantastic five-five draw at Aston Villa, so it shows they can be got at. But in the main, it's going to be a really, really tough game. But as Webby said, with Jake, you know what is it? Our thirty-fifth attempt records are there to be broken. I couldn't think of a better time, just before Christmas, go nuts for us get that monkey off your back, but, you know, we're going to have to be at our best.
0: Yep, completely agree with that. Um, looking at their, their recent set of results, obviously, they, the, uh, they lost at home to Preston. They drew nil-nil with Derby on Monday night. Webby, do you think that gives us any sort of advantage? Obviously, it's a big game for them, and watching it, there was tackles flying in left, right and centre. It was a high-tempo match. Could that give us any sort of advantage?
2: Well, I guess in terms of, We've had um, a couple more days to recover. Maybe does give us an advantage, but my um, I watched the game, um, watched that game last night against Derby, and I think one thing they did show is that they're a team that's going to battle. So um, we are going to have to do that again, as we showed we can against uh, Middlesbrough. We're going to have to go up there and, and battle to get something on on Saturday.
0: Okay, well, fingers crossed, we can do precisely that. Thanks for listeners on the Loftcast throughout this calendar year. Have a great Christmas, and we'll be back to host 2019.